This is being awesome with Rob Springer. Why did Owen Wilson cross the road? Oh, wow. This is Being Awesome, a podcast about loving Transformers and having fun. I'm Rob, and I'm convinced Tiny Titans Octopunch is a Lovecraftian nightmare. This week in Awesome, guys, I say this every week. Being Awesome is the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun. Meaning, loving Transformers, everything positive. Love Transformers, none of that negative crap that other people let infect their then just infect them and ruin their enjoyment of Transformers. It's all about, we love Transformers. We just love the positives. And, you know, it's about having fun. Meaning that sometimes, you know, we do other things in Transformers. We play video games. We watch movies. We, you know, so like other toys, like superheroes and Star Wars and stuff. And also a significant portion of being awesome is the Q&A portion of the show. And everyone knows this because I say this every week. And if this is your first show, and every show is someone's first... The Q&A thread is exclusive to Talk Transformers. That's the official forums of being awesome. And that's the best place to talk about Transformers online. It's a Facebook group. You can search it up on Facebook. Talk Transformers will let you in. You can Google it. You can Google Talk Transformers. And the fan page with links to the group will pop up. It's a wonderful way to enjoy talking with other Transformers fans. You know, the biggest rule to follow is don't be a tool. Because tools aren't welcome there. You know, other, other, there's some other rules, but those are just basic, you know, community guidelines. You know, everyone's got that. But what we do is I, I keep a pool of questions. I keep a pool of comments and talking points to do during the Q&A portion of the show. And every so often when that pool and that queue, that question pool is empty, I post a new exclusive thread there. And people go wild. They post questions. They post comments. They post talking points. Sometimes it's so big it takes me months to get through my queue. Which is the problem we have now. I have exactly two questions left in my queue this week. So I'm gonna, instead of just going on to a little subject for a few minutes, I'm just going to answer those. And that's going to be our show this week. And I hope no one minds, but I don't think anyone would. Because everyone seems to really like the Q&A portion of the show. And you know what? This is a show about enjoying our hobby. <laughs> no negativity here because that's just everyone's done with it. You know, there's too much negativity in the world, you know? So if you want to participate in the Q&A portion of being awesome, which this week is all Q&A, that thread's going up soon. So go join Talk Transformers. And you know what? If you're a little late to the party and can't find the thread, just go ahead and ask me one there. Send me a direct message. It's cool. I'll add it to the queue. Pinky swear. So, that being said, the first question comes from, let me bring it up because I accidentally closed the file, my home piece, James Godier. James goes on to ask, what is your favorite Transformers purchase that was similar to the box artwork or media? Or, what toy, toy has blown you away that was better than the box artwork? If you look at 95% of the G1 artwork, no, if you look at 95% of 
G1, the artwork is almost exactly what you're getting in the box. Fast forward to Armada and some of the minicons and the fears of great artwork. When you open the box, you get a clunky brick. James, thanks for your question. And that is a head scratcher because there's so many, uh, so many versions. And I'm going to nitpick here. I loved Armada, so I was just like, I like the toys better in the art. But if we're going to say Armada, man, Overload was wonderful. I love that toy. It's one of my favorite molds of all time. So, right one, that one right there, because the art on Overload, while being a really good piece of artwork, was kind of odd, wasn't it? He's in some sort of like position where he's expecting to catch a dodgeball or something. And then you get this toy and you're like, oh no, he's throwing the dodgeball. He's not catching it. He's 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 commanding the court. When we talk about art, it's funny to ignore some of it because a lot of times, you know. Uh, hang on, let me get a drink of this soda because I feel a tickle. Ooh. <laughs> mm. A little tickle in my throat. A lot of times lately, they just uh, take a picture of the toy and Photoshop it. That started off in uh, in the original version of Rid. And they do it every so often. I will say, a lot of the movie toys are so much better than their art. Because they, they put this art up that looked... It's kind of weird. <laughs> you know? It'd be like face shots of the characters or whatever. And then here's this great toy, you know? Let's see. Beast Machines did it too. They just had like a picture of Cheetor on the box. And I think the second half is just a picture of Optimus Primal. So that, that's along the lines of some of those that didn't really bother making art. You know, Energon, now we're even talking about Armada. Energon had some really good art. But the toys a lot of times were different. In fact, that first version of Universe, you know, it would of course it would have a, a lot of Dreamwave artists do art for the box but a lot of times you know uh, a lot of the freelance artists would also pitch in and some of that some of that artwork they would have on there just kind of it didn't really you know it was better than I could do by any chance to mean but it just kind of the toy would be miles better than it off the top of my head I'm thinking uh um Magna Stock Manda Stockade and I'm sorry no it's Magnus, the names of these toys are like a kind of a tongue twister to say in succession. It was a box set that was Magna, Stampede, and Stockade. Those are great toys. What 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 uh what they did a lot of times in universe, the we now call it Voyager, but at the time the twenty dollar price class had a different name, and I'm kind of blanking on that. But the twenty dollar price class for a lot of times in the first universe. They put a box just full of toys for like 20 bucks. And uh, that box was uh, the Beast Machine's uh, Stockade. I mean, sorry. Yeah, Stockade. The Unicorn. Battle Unicorn. I can't want to call it. I told you the names of that one makes me twist. Battle Unicorn repainted into, uh, yeah, Magna Stampede. Um like, the original Battle Cune was a lot of translucent blues and stuff in grays. And uh, Magna Stampede was like a copper color with solid colors. And uh, when you transformed that toy, the robot had these sort of puffy-looking legs or whatever. And those leg parts were more of a whitish color. And I always thought they kind of made him look like a 
like a genie, you know, in that coloration. Or at least that's what I thought. And the uh, stockade was the tank drone toy colored up in copper colors. And it looked really nice. And then they also had the Minicons in there. Which, I don't have to tell you what kind of value that was. Because around that time, basics um, were about seven, $7, I think. So, two of those and some Minicons. That was a uh, that was around about $20 worth of toys, I think, because Minicons are about $5 a pack, I think. So, yeah, yeah, that was about $20 worth of toys, but sometimes that'd be really great, like Soundwave. The Universe Soundwave was a redeco of Machine War Soundwave, which was a redeco of Stalker, a late Euro G1 toy. And he came with some, like, yeah, actually, no, excuse me. He didn't come with me. I don't think he came with me. He came with Space Case, the uh, G2 Space Case mold repainted in some pretty far out colors. And that was 20 bucks. And, you know, that Soundwave toy today would be a $20 toy. You know, and, I, you know, to come think about it, its art wasn't that great. The toys are so much better than that art. Like, you know, I'm not coming down on the artists or anything, but it's like, once again, they can, I can't come close to drawing that well. And I'm not one of these guys that's going to say, hey, I can critique professional art because I like to draw too. You know, even if I did draw more than that and actually turned out a good picture, I wouldn't say that because I have humility. That's just sort of a self-righteous thing to say, isn't it? But that, that, that art almost seemed like something I probably could turn out. Uh, I, well, it was better than I could turn out, but you know what I mean? It just didn't, like he has these, like it needed a couple of more passes in the Photoshop because at the time, and they still do it, they were just like, here would be this great drawing and there would be a million Photoshop retouches to make it a super glossy picture. And uh, <laughs> it looks like they kind of forgot a couple of those passes on those things. And those are the times that the toys was a lot better than the cup paint. I mean, the picture. Of course, I already knew that because there are molds I already had. But still, off the top of my head, those are ones. And I guess the uh, overload certainly is. And I'm thinking of, man, that first Universe line was a great toy line. King Atlas, who was uh, the Machine War Starscream repaint. That was a gorgeous toy. The Whirl also, which was a Machine War Sandstorm. Man, that's like my favorite version of that mold. I'm seeing a lot of Machine Wars molds here. And I'm noticing I have a Machine Wars Thundercracker. And as a, on his card hanging on my wall in front of my computer here, I'm thinking it's so funny because the Machine Wars art on those cards was like touched up G2 box art that wasn't even from the same mold on those things. And I'm like, man, if I if I was a you know about this Thundercracker fully knowing what was going on there, but if I was someone not as well to know, I'd be like, man, this toy looks so much better than this box art. Not that the box art looks bad, but it's not even colored the same. It's like a yellow and red um, cyberjet. While Machine Wars Thundercracker has like a camo pattern, like a green camouflage thing going on. It's so funny. But James, that was an awesome question. I wish I could have... I hope I answered your question to your liking. I'm saying that though because I feel like, I feel like I'm leaving out something. You know, actually... Rescue bots. I'm going to talk about current product. Rescue bots. The art, once again, is great, but the toy looks so much. It's like 
those are great little toys to begin with, but that art on those toys is so much better. So there's there, there's definitely one there, because I'm looking at the giant, like, Optimus toy, like, Shogun Warrior-like Optimus toy they put out a few years ago. He's standing right here next to me, because that's just a great little figure. And that art looks a whole lot more basic than the toy does. So there's a more recent one right off the top of my head. But James, I, I just feel like I should keep naming them off, but those are the ones I'm naming right now. And you know what? I'm actually Creo. Those are some wonderful toys that look better than the box art to me because the box art is like st stylized versions of the CAD models. And they, for some reason, you know, when they Photoshop things, they had this like white gloss to it a lot of the time. And I don't like that. So I would say those are also some more recent ones. But let's jump to our next question in the pool. The last question of this pool. We're fixing to open up a new pool. So the thread's going up soon. And this one goes to Eric Crowbar. <laughs> Eric goes on to ask, Who is your favorite Decepticon leader? Personally, I love Megatron, Galvatron, Scorponok, The Fallen, all the big name cons out there. But the Decepticon leader that really steals the spotlight, in my opinion, is still draw from Robots in the Skies. He's so different from the norm, and I just love his style. Do you agree, or do you prefer another? Eric, great question. I like Steeljaw a lot too. <laughs> There's no denying he's a wonderful character. Um, for those of you who aren't, you know, following Rid, uh, I'll go into him a little bit here. And for those of you following Rid, you probably agree with me. He's wonderful. You know, usually when you have a, a Decepticon leader, or bad guy type, or whatever, they're kind of your average leader. You know, they're like twisting their mustache, like, let's steal all the energon, let's shoot trees and get energy from it. You know, they're usually kind of cartoony. Or um, recently, they're super serious. You know, Megatron and Prime was like so grim and dark. He just was so grim, dark, and grim and dark, and grim and dark, and grim and dark. And boy, he was grim and dark. And, you know, in the movies, Megatron's basically some monster that turns into a truck. You know, he's just like... We're going to do this. And he, he doesn't really do anything. All the other Decepticons do all the work for him. You know, and there's a point where you watch all the Transformers movies. One, two, three, four. And you say to yourself, why did they bother bringing him back in Revenge of the Fallen? He hadn't done nothing. He didn't really. They, they did all that work to revive him in the first movie. And all he did was get killed. Yep. <laughs> and I'm saying that thinking about, you know, I've made my jokes about the Transformers movies, how I have such a good time when the movies come out that it outshines the movies. This movie I'm really looking forward to, part five, seeing all the stuff coming from the set. So I hope, uh, hope I'm not disappointed. I got my theory that the odd number of Transformers movies are the better ones. So this is an odd one, so let's see if it holds up. Now, but your question was about leaders and you know Beast Wars Megatron was really charming but you know he was kind of the, the, he was not the norm the mo normal Decepticon leaders are like they're pretty cartoonish you know Steeljaw who is uh, the new version of Robots in the Skies is supposed to be meant for a younger younger demographic you know and when they say younger demographic they really just mean average school children not you know 
not aimed at teenagers like Prime obviously was. But he's such a cool villain because he's like, he's got this cool, deep, suave voice. He's just like charming, you know, he just, and he's very, he lives up to the Decepticon name. He's very deceitful and he's just a very intelligent villain. And that's what's really cool about him. I'd almost say his voice sounds like what you expect Dracula to sound like in a uh, Castlevania video game. You know, it's not what his voice sounds like in a Castlevania video game, but that's what you kind of expect, you know. But yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely risen the ranks of awesome villain characters. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump, thinking of some of my other ones. Of course, I just said Beast Wars Megatron. There's no denying he's one the absolute best. He's the best Megatron without a doubt. And, um, but I'm a stickler. He's a Predacon. You asked me about Decepticons. So I'm going to say Decepticons. And I'll be honest with you. The one that stands out every time is Scorponok. And I don't mean cartoon Scorponok because in the rebirth, you know, he's just, he's the big monster that end up in the, at the end of the episode for like five minutes, you know, and in Headmaster, sure. He was a big bad guy there. But the reason I like him a lot is those Marvel G1 comics. I love Scorponok and those. And you know, Scorponok's in, he, he had a role in the IDW comics. Uh, I just kind of wasn't so uh, worried about those. My Scorponok is that Marvel G1 Scorponok. I loved him. He's just like awesome villain bad guy. You know, he's just so, he was smart. He did things cool. He had, he had cartoonish, you know, um, bad guy plots but he was smart about the way he did it he was just so fun and the way he um spoilers uh happened almost 30 years ago the way he died was like so full of heart that you couldn't help but to be a little sad at what happened you know and then in uh, regeneration one his return i like the way his return was written like the way he uh survived or whatever that was to me that made so much sense that was a great way to bring these characters back there's a little adventure there. It could have been better. But I like the idea. You know, it's one of those I'll give it an A for effort ideas. Just maybe C for execution. It just didn't. That was the one storyline in the whole Regeneration 1 that kind of let me down a little. The rest of the comic was beautiful. But uh, I was so happy to see him again. I didn't care. I was like, yeah, Scorponok. Yes. You know, I did say yes out loud while I was reading it on my phone at work. My coworkers look like it looked at me like I was crazy, but that's that's normal. They do it anyway. But yes, definitely Scorponok. Hey Eric, thanks for your question. And James, thanks for your question. And everybody who has added to the past questions and awesome pool of questions, comments, and talking points, thank you for participating. Now everybody, go to Talk Transformers. Join if you're not a member. Members of Talk Transformers. Keep your eyes out. The new Q&A pool is starting next week. While you're probably listening to this, it'll go up. So guys, thanks for thanks for listening to Being Awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun. I'm Rob. You can find me online on Instagram and Twitter at RoboRobSpringer. And while you're there, check out my personal site. Wait, I messed up. <laughs> while you're looking for me online, check out my personal site, zonebase.org. That's my personal Transformers fan site, and I have a lot of fun with it. You know, I post about maybe two, three posts a week, and I'm fixed to hopefully 
sometime this weekend, put up one uh, about the enigma of combination, just sort of a think piece on it. So I hope hope everyone reads that and likes it. Being Awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun, is part of the Radio Free Network family. I just messed up again. Radio Free Cybertron family of shows. And you can find us at tfradio.net for shows and show dimes. While you're there, please check out our Amazon links. What that is is an easy way to support the network not paying anything extra basically say you want to buy that still jaw figure i just the figure of still jaw that character i just raved about and you see him on amazon on sale he's seven dollars with free shipping now that's not an accurate price quote guys i'm just throwing it out there you see still jaw on sale for seven dollars for free shipping and you buy him you go through our link instead of amazon straight and it just takes you to amazon it's just another door basically you go there you buy that steel jar for seven dollars you got out like a bandit you only paid seven dollars no shipping man what was that seller thinking guess what guys amazon throws us a throws us a couple little little, little something something back at us for uh helping you find amazon and what that does is help us pay our operating expenses and we find that that's a very cool way of going about basically saying hey if you don't mind we could use your help (laughs) so thanks everyone for doing that we thank you in advance for doing that as well i'm staring at a bottle of pepsi max thinking i'm going to take a drink of that and lay down and go to bed after i upload this show so thanks everyone for listening i'll see you guys next week i'll you'll listen to me next week and go to talk transformers there will be a new Q&A pool thread starting really soon. Uh-huh. You heard me. Soon. I'm not going to tell you when because I want you to check the group more than once. So, see you guys on Talk Transformers and see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. This has been Being Awesome with Rob Springer. Show you power, you can't be hero. Oh, don't 